life does not always go as planned. You may be on plan B, C, D, E, F, or G, and that's okay. Life can be beautiful and messy. It doesn't have to be perfect. After crying on my kitchen floor for nearly two years, when my first husband left, I found my plan B and a depth of resilience I didn't even know I had. I'm Beth Pass, life coach. Have you ever needed to really reinvent yourself? I redesigned my life by allowing my feelings, forgiving and accepting myself in the new reality, really surrendering, plus connecting with others. We don't have to do it alone. Reframing our negative thoughts and emotions and by not looking too far down the road. Now I have an incurable joy and zest for life. My favorite hashtag is what if it's better? (laughs) If you're looking for motivation and inspiration with other resilient, fun, successful midlife women, keep listening to the Pain to Power podcast. You'll meet amazing women who dropped being the victim and found victory. Listen in to create a spark in you to navigate this wild ride called life that comes with living full out. Hello, Karen Bird. Thank you for being on my podcast today. I am so happy to be here. Hello, Beth. <laughs> oh, you guys, the listeners get to be treated today to not only an amazing human, she is my friend, and let me share her bio. Karen Bird, consulting hypnosis and performance mindset expert. Karen is an international speaker and trainer, author of Hypnos Niche, and founder of Win With hypnosis clinic. Karen coaches and certifies hypnotists around the world to become game-changing performance mindset experts via the Attitude of a Champion Academy. Her expertise is working with high performers and is a leading mindset expert, training athletes to tap into their self-belief and mental toughness so that they can reach their peak performance. And not only for athletes, we want this for the whole world. I want what you have for me. Yes. And here's the thing is everyone is a high performer. It's just a matter of stepping into it and embracing it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I see the picture in the background of your office of your athletes, your very own sons. So I know this topic is near and dear. In fact, Karen, you've been... One of the people in my life that has mentored me through mothering of teenagers and mm-hmm. being able to accept and be open and be non judgmental of these humans that we brought into the world. So I know how you picked this niche for yourself. And mm-hmm. I've also been lucky enough to be a participant of your hypnosis where you powerfully led me through something that in Puerto Rico, when we vacationed together, just expanded me. So I can't tell you how glad I am to interview you. What comes up for you when I share around from pain to power? 
what in your life or your work would you like to highlight today? Oh, I love that question. And as that is so incredibly loaded for me, right? When I think of pain, I think of the deepest pain that we could ever experience. Interesting, I'm a little emotional today because I am writing a book on my experience of my son at 23 year old dying in a motorcycle accident. And I was reading a portion of it on a Facebook live to my emotional intelligence leadership group I'm in. So yes, when I think of pain, I think of the extreme pain and that is the grief and the anger. Moving from there in my life, I honestly can say, and I wake up every morning joyful and in gratitude. And that's, it's a gift. And I really, part of that, even talking about this book I'm writing is what I realize as I'm writing the gift is my son gave me the gift of learning how to move from pain to joy and pleasure and enjoy this life. Wow. So thank you for being willing to go there and share this because there are so many people and I've been one of them, just like me, where our pain has paralyzed us. Our pain has kept us from living at times. And I could end the podcast recording now after three minutes by you sharing that you feel joy today, even when your life has been the most extreme pain of losing a child. Tell us how you got there. Cause we're all curious, right? You're writing a book together with him blows my mind after losing my mom. I know, wow. Like we can really get into a sadness around missing this person. And you've stood up on top of that. So before we go there, share with us how your life was in that pain. If you're willing to share to, to paint a richer picture of where you are today. Interesting. As I'm getting this book together, what I acknowledged was one of the sections of the book is the couple months before Josh died. And one of the things that has been key to me is a support system. And Beth, I get to acknowledge that you are one of my main support systems and the group of incredible individuals that carried me, literally carried me through along with God and Jesus through what I was going through, because as at the end of our leadership training, when we got together and we had our amazing group put together, I had decided at the end of that training that I couldn't live in the unhealthy marriage that I was living in and that I got to make some changes in my life and choose me. And as that was just 10 days when I made that final decision and I spoke to my husband at the time, but just 10 days before Josh died in the motorcycle accident. When I think back on it, I was thinking back on it this morning as I was meditating about what I was putting in the Facebook group for my leadership group, reliving it. My heart was pounding. I was having trouble breathing and it was like, oh my gosh, bringing back that. And every single day I would wake up in the morning and think, I am not wanting to stay in bed. I am not sitting in sadness and Do I feel sadness? Yes. And when it hits like a cyclone, right? And there was some God-given amazing peace that helped me to move through every day and always look forward to what's next. And maybe that's part of it, right? Is what not, what's next? What does this get to mean for my life? What am I learning from this? How do I see life differently because of it? And then 
most importantly for me, starting to ask the questions, starting to open up. Where did Josh go? How can I connect with him? How can I still have a relationship with him? And that's when I opened up spiritually and opened to the concept that he was just a soul and a body and he was my baby and he was my flesh and blood and he's not gone. He's still there. And when I can open up to that possibility and make space for him in a place of joy, because I have to be in joy and happiness in order for him to connect with me, I get the messages. I feel him. I connect with him. And that's kept me in the space of, he doesn't want me to sit here and cry. He wants me to be in happiness and joy and gratitude and love so he can connect with me. And Mm -hmm. that's been the beautiful relationship that we've created now. Wow. You are a Midwest woman, just like I am. So I'm coming to you from Iowa. I know you're in Wisconsin. I'm highlighting that because I'm wondering if you feel like me. Sometimes being real spiritual and believing that you can communicate with people that have passed, that there's a lot of judgment out there around this is a little woo. This is a little, I'm twirling my finger around my brain. If you can't see the podcast. So I just wonder how you worked through that because it's one of the things I admire about you. Yeah. I want to just want to peek behind the curtain a little bit on that. Great question. I'm still working through that. Interesting because there's a lot of fear around it. There's a lot of fear of judgment. What will people think? I am a Christian. I've been a Christian. I have a crazy strong foundation in Christianity and God and Jesus Christ as my savior, still my savior. I could have never made it through that year, that pandemic year, the divorce and Josh dying without Jesus carrying me. There was many times I was on my knees with my hands in the air saying, carry me because I cannot humanly do this. And it's funny you say that because I was just reading part of the book as the foreword is, I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. God holds me. I need him in my life. I'm spiritual. I believe in spirit guides. I believed our loved ones are still here with us. And I believe in reincarnation. And for me to even say that makes my heart feel tight because it's my truth. And I know it does not resonate with who my tribe was for 50 years of my life. And I'm still moving through it. What I've learned is that I get to speak my truth because I'm doing it for one reason and one reason only. And that is to help others be able to move through the death or loss of a loved one or a child. They don't want us sad and we don't have to be sad. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that's the worst thing that could ever happen to anyone. How did you live through it? Right. Yes. I've heard that again and again and again. And I get to stay in a space of yes. And it was a gift and it's okay. Um, and I'm doing great and I'm happy and I'm joyful and I freaking love this life. Yeah. And so I get to tell my truth. And that's what I realized is there's going to be judgment. You know what? And I'm a hypnotist, right? So I help people with their brains. I also know that hypnosis is judged in some Christian circles, in some religious circles. I was going to speak to a wrestling team because it's 
obviously my niche is working with athletes. I was going to speak to a wrestling team and it was a Christian high school. And I had worked with one of the individuals and he's an amazing wrestler. He won state. And so his mom wanted me to come in and speak to the team about mental toughness and mental training and what I do for a job for my business. And I was told a day before I came in, I am so sorry to tell you this, but there's a couple parents on the team who's a Christian school that don't want you to come in because you do hypnosis. Now, first of all, when I do mindset training and I go see groups, I don't talk hypnosis because I know some people are afraid of it. There's nothing to be afraid of. God gave us the power of our minds to tap in. And yet there is judgment in that circle, right? And so I know that I'm a hypnotist and I communicate with my son on the other side and I believe in reincarnation. And yeah, there's fear there writing this book. I have a Facebook page that's all about my book journey and it freaks me out sometimes about having to post in there because I know my tribe and a lot of them are Christians are going to have some trouble with it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So how does one go about writing a book with someone on the other side? Oh, great question. That has been a process. About a year after Josh died, it's been almost three years now. So a little over two and a half. I was, I kept hearing from people, you should write a book. You should write a book. You're moving through this so well. You handle things so well. You're so strong. You should write a book. And it started to become that little thing in the back of my mind, right? Just that little suggestion in the back of my mind. As I started tapping into more of the spiritual world with Josh being gone and learning about angels and learning about there are helpers on the other side, mostly angels for me. I, I knew there was angels, but I didn't realize that angels are always around us and is all we have to do is ask and they don't help us because we have free will until we ask and starting to develop a relationship with angels and that openness started me in that in that path and so it was all a process I would get messages from Josh and they were so very clear in fact I woke up in the middle of the night shortly after he died not even a week after he died. And I heard as if he was in bed next to me. And he said, mom, with God on your side and me by your side, you can get through anything. And I'm telling you, it was his voice. I swear he was next to me. And I popped my eyes open and I was like, did that really just happen? Where did that come from? And it started there and it just continued as I opened up more to what are the signs? And I read the book or listened to the book on audible signs and it's other people's experience of signs from their loved ones. And I started to open up to what those were. And then last summer, Beth, we got together with our amazing group and I remember taking a walk and we were talking about my book and you guys were supporting me. There was like maybe four or five of us on the walk and Wendy said, I have a feeling and knowing that Josh wants to write this book with you. And it opened my eyes and I thought he wants to write this book with me. And from that moment forward, I, I came up with the forward in the book, closing my eyes and asking him what he wants me to write in his name. Oh my and God. it's been that crazy. I can get into a state and I hear him on the chair next to me and he gives me messages. The other day, I gave you a message and he said, mom, this book gets to be funny too, because I'm witty and funny. And you have to ask my coaches, my dad, 
my brothers, some funny stories about me and put that in the book when you're describing me. Because this is an all doom and gloom. So you get to tell everybody how funny I was. Oh my gosh. And I heard him say it. And I was like, wow, that didn't come from me. No. Yeah. This is so inspiring because it really allows people to open or expand what we're willing to maybe see from our loved ones. Again, I mentioned that my mom passed away a few months ago and I have had two dreams about her and they seemed silly. And when I woke up, I was a little disappointed that they weren't like these what does this mean? But as I thought about it, I was like, oh, the dream was that I was trying on two different outfits and I wanted to show her, get her opinion. And then when I was in trying them on, I forgot to come back out and show her. So hours go by and I then I remember, oh yeah, I'm showing my mom these outfits and I fling open the door and there she is sitting, laughing and having good conversation with a family member. So I woke up and I was again thinking, what's that mean? And two things that I felt, I instantly was like, I just have to open the door and she's there and I can communicate with her. And the second one is that she's not having a bad time where she is. She's laughing. She's joyful. So I do think it's about being hopeful and being expectant about seeing and hearing from our loved ones. Yeah. Yes. And if I can expand on that, first of all, I got chills when you were saying that, which is my sign that yes, she's there. And second of all, what I've learned is that many times they will reach out to us when we are in the dream state because they haven't learned yet how to communicate with us in the waking state. They are still learning. They are in a different vibration and it takes them some time to figure out how to see, give you the messages and how to communicate with you, which is why Josh gave me that message when I was sleeping. And that is her, she was there. That was the way that she was telling you I'm here and I'm still learning in how to communicate with you. And that's. That makes me so excited. Mm -hmm. And again, I feel like just Wendy planted that seed in you. Like, I think he wants to write the book with you. I think this will happen. Mm -hmm. Having you share that about that dream state, it just makes me excited to really ask God when I go to sleep at night in my prayers, let my mom come through to me and being open and ready for it. So curious, why does God have to allow that? Why can't you just ask your mom to come visit you? Oh, brilliant. Because when I was thinking of praying, my old paradigm is that I only pray to God. I never thought about just asking my mom to visit me. That's great. That's beautiful. And pray, right? Like I pray to God every night. I say my prayers. I say, thank you. Please forgive me for whatever that is. And then I say, and Josh, I am open to messages. I'm open to anything you want to tell me or share with me tonight. I love that. I love that. Do you have a message or a story or even a word of encouragement for, as I was say, parents that are hurting that have lost a child or basically any kind of loss where people are like, I, unlike Karen, I haven't really found my joy. Is there some words of encouragement you can give them? for to start their path of finding their way out of their pain. 
Oh gosh, so much. What I truly believe and I teach my clients, because like you said, I work with clients for everything, not just sports, is we get to feel our feelings and it's super important that we do. Because when we don't, we stuff them and they get stuck inside of us and tighten our heart and close up our throat and we can't experience the emotions because we're so busy holding them down. We're afraid. I went through that myself for a while is I was afraid to really let it roar because I couldn't even imagine what was going to happen when I did. And it's important that we feel our feelings. We cry, we scream. If you have a family there, take a car ride by yourself and let it go. Stop the car, let it go. Feel the feelings. They come in waves. And what I've learned, and I knew this, but what I learned when my son died is you could be in a wonderful place and something hits as with your mom passing away recently. It's a song, it's a word, it's a Facebook post. And it's like, hits you like this wave, like the tsunami of, and the tears come, right? And the emotions come. So feel the feelings. And then also realize that it's our choice to be stuck in the feelings. So we can stay stuck or we can feel the feelings and say, and now I choose joy. It seems hard. It seems simple. It's both. It's both. It's making a conscious choice to say, I can feel sad. I can feel angry. I, the man that pulled in front of my son was drinking. I can feel angry about that for a little bit. I can feel sad about it. I can feel like I lost. And then I get to make a choice. I refuse to live my life stuck in grief. And so now I get to be joyful. I get to appreciate my other two boys and everything I have and every moment of this life because sooner or later I'm going to be with him and not get to experience this anymore. And I know that he is up there waiting and he is not really waiting because there's no time and space and he's there when I'm ready, Mm -hmm. when I'm done here. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for that. I feel like we could just be like, that's what we needed to hear. That's what we came for today. But I'm also, because we have a couple more minutes, I just want to ask when you do hypnosis with women, with athletes, like you said, we're all humans. We are often battling something. What's the most common thing? And maybe that's too broad of a question, but what is it that you, people come to you for and what relief do you give them? Is there any, some of that you can share a bit today on? Do you mean around grief or in general? Yeah, I guess even general, even if people haven't experienced grief, I love what you shared about that. But just in general, what do people come to you for? Like what's stopping them and what do you do for them? How do you open them up? Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I work with athletes and performers, entrepreneurs, musicians, all on performance mindset. And then there's the other piece and people that come to me for weight loss and anxiety and kids issues and AD and not believing themselves. And I know there's better for me. And with that, it's about one of the first questions I asked is if you could be, feel, or have anything, what would that be? Most people haven't thought about that. And then it's creating what is the version of them that they really want to be? Like when they drop into their heart, into their soul, who is it they want to be in this life? What do they want to do? What do they want to accomplish? And what does that perfect life look like? If you could have anything, what would that be? And our work together creates 
that version of you that you want to be. Now, I don't know who that is. I don't know what that is, but you do. And most people will sit there for a few moments and they're like, I've never thought about that. And then in our process together, we work through, what does that look like? What does that feel like? What do you get to let go of and break through in order to become that? And then with hypnosis, we can just tap into that higher self, that part of you that's not questioning, that's not analyzing, that's not saying you're not good enough, you can't do it, you'll never get there. We bypass that. We create a blueprint of that version that we created in our first session, and we just work through it. We eliminate the blocks. We eliminate things that are holding them back. We eliminate limiting beliefs, which are things that they believed at some point in their life because of something someone said or some event that happened in their life. We eliminate that so we can start from square one and create the new them that they want to be. And we do that through a series of sessions, but it's all it's what you want, right? Like I tell them, you come up with these, like your higher self, your higher wisdom, all knowing, you know the answers. I'm just here to help you find them. And I think of you as like the, their thinking partner, asking the questions, the who, the what's holding you back. And then I'm guessing listeners, you're with me. I want my blueprint, like help me figure out what it is. And I acknowledge the listeners that are here today that are curious about what is holding me back? What are some of those limiting beliefs? And how do I bust through them to be the next level me? And no shame, no blame on getting support like a Karen or a Beth, any kind of a coach. And I think we're really meant to live life together and be that thinking partner and not just, I call it silently suffering, drowning in our own life somewhat. So I love that. Yes. And that- I was going to say that brings me to Beth is you do the same stuff. You ask the same questions. You coach the same way. You get to the same root of it. With hypnosis, it's just that added benefit of getting back into that inner conscious where the conscious mind isn't stopping them to find a little bit deeper of the answers or do a little few tweaks. But you do the same exact thing in your work with people, right? You find the major massive shifts by asking the questions. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And that's why there's no shame in getting support. And I think really successful people have lots of support, have lots of people that that share with them. What's the best way for people to connect with you? And what are you most excited about? I'm guessing the book, but maybe it's something with your athletes that you want to share out how people can connect with you and what you're most excited about getting out into the world. All right. Connecting with me is pretty simple. You can just hop on my website. It's probably the easiest way. And it's the name of my business.com. So win with hypnosis, all one word.com. And you can find me there. You can email me from there. You can get a hold of me from there. So win with hypnosis.com or I am on Facebook. There's a win with hypnosis page. And then also my name is there. So you can always connect with me on Facebook. What am I most excited about? I love working with athletes. I love what I do. I have many times wished there was many more hours in every day because I know how many people can use hypnosis and the learning the power of their own mind, right? I love helping athletes reach their peak performance, believe in themselves again, find their confidence again. I love to see how people finish with sessions with me and they're like, I just had no idea I could feel this way again. And that's all beautiful. And right now, what is on my heart and the big pressure is getting this book written with Josh. 
so I can help those that have lost children move into joy and out of grief and sadness because that sucks. No one wants to feel that way. And if I can help even just a few people, which my intention is to help thousands and thousands be happy again and enjoy the rest of the life that they get to have before they get to see and rejoin with that loved one again, that's my passion right now. Yeah. Thank you, Karen Bird. And I'll end this podcast the way we began it is when you can look at your life, Karen, and see what you've been through. You talked about the pandemic, the divorce, the death of a child, and all the ups and downs that go with being a parent. And today, a short while since those things, you are experiencing joy. You're exuding joy, not only in your own life, but you're supporting other people on their journey. So deep gratitude, my friend. I love you. And thank you listeners for tuning in to another podcast from pain to power. I'm so grateful you tuned in to another episode of pain to power podcast. Each month I'm committed to bringing you juicy, raw, real life stories and shine a light on the women whose lives are often very messy and yet they dropped being a victim to their life circumstances and stood in victory in their thoughts and emotions. I love to inspire and motivate women to love their life. If you want to receive more inspiration, come play in my private Facebook group called Best Life Tribe for inspiration on the daily or join my email list for connections, strategies, and tips. Join at BethMottPass.com. I am a certified coach, trainer, and speaker. I lead inspiring private and small group workshops, resulting in authentic coaching in a vibrant community. I host personal and group retreats, as well as virtual gatherings designed to ignite your life and get you back to loving your life. Let's get social, connect, with me on Facebook at Beth Montpass Coach or Instagram at Beth Montpass or on LinkedIn at Beth Montpass.